This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's time to get up and stomp your feet. Do this great foot-stomping Transylvanian beat. Start nice and slow. One, two. And speed up more. One, two, three, four. And stomp away. Because we're about to find out the number of the day. Number of the day. I say simply heaven. The number of the day is seven. So that's the number. Yes, yes, that's the number. That's the number. The number of the day. That's the number. That's the number of the day. Seven. Welcome to the besotted Pride of West London podcast. Um, you may have enjoyed that little lively introduction. As they used to say on Sesame Street, tonight's podcast is brought to you by the letter B and the number seven. 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 You, you know why. We, uh, we beat Luton 7-0 on Saturday. Then the women team they they won by 7-0 again on the Sunday and Brentford's B team won 7-1 yesterday against Harrow Borough so it's been a, an all-round seven-tastic week for Brentford Football Club so before we get sidetracked anymore by that number seven I'll introduce you to the besotted crew tonight to my right um, back by well it is by public demand I've had, I've had two letters that have arrived through my letterbox this week strangely um, one of them said why is it that Liberal Nick isn't on very often anymore you, 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 you deny us the full Liberal exposure um, by having him on for just two or three seconds after the final whistle goes um, why isn't he allowed on the, the main podcast anymore so you know 
I got that letter and I, and I rang Nick up and fortunately he was able to make it tonight. And the other letter um, is, is about bullying. And it said, I, I used to enjoy listening to the Besotted podcast because you, you were a fine, upstanding bulliers and uh, you, you seem to have become snowflakey in, in, in recent times. So tonight we shall be merciless with the Liberal and he shall get what he fully deserves if he, if he talks any nonsense whatsoever. Are you happy with that, Nick? Well, I'm glad you forgot that I was actually on last week too, but, you know, I'm going to... Well, I, I turned it off as soon as I found out you were on. Well, anyway, I'm here, I'm here to labour a few points, you know, in, a, in my normal conservative fashion, but there will be a, you know, there will be some liberal ideas from me and I'm looking forward to our discussion tonight, Dave. And if it descends into bullying, I'll see you next week. Um, we're talking, talking about liberals. We are in Liberal Central, actually. We're, we're at the Prince Belusia, um, which is one of our favourite pubs um, that we do on our, on our little, little rotation. Um, liberals, um, Vince Cable won this seat last election. He's not standing this time, is he? No, he didn't, but this is the, there are some decent pubs in Twickenham. Twickenham is, is renowned for good pubs, and Fuller's, um, Fuller's have a good representation here as well. So thank you to Fuller's again for hosting us at the Prince Belusia, which, yeah, if you're, if you're at a loose end on any day of the week other than a Saturday or a Wednesday when we're playing at home, Prince Belusia on Twickenham Green, I really recommend it. Absolutely, and opposite me, we have the Allard. Did you notice the politician not answering the question there? <laughs> I didn't listen to a word he said. How are you, all right, Dave? I'm good, yeah, I'll get back to me in a minute. Yeah, um, yeah nice to be at the Blue Shirt. It's a short stroll down the road for me, so always one of my favourite um, venues for the podcast. Um, as Nick says, we're, we're very lucky in Twickenham. There's the, um, there's the Prince Albert as well, just on the green, um, another good Fuller's pub, so yeah, we're very lucky. I see the Sussex Arms across the road from here, which is one of our favourites as well, if you'd like to get some weird and wonderfuls. Yeah, beers are available at other pubs. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm Dave Lane. Uh, we did the radio show on Monday, well, Billy and Greville did. I don't know if you listened to that. I thought that was really excellent. They kind of... Um, dissected the uh, Luton Town game really thoroughly. Some really interesting viewpoints on that and uh, obviously the, the fans' um, post-match comments from Brentford fans and Luton fans were played there so I'm not going to repeat that tonight but there is certainly you know, more to be talked about um, about that 7-0 um, in, in, in many ways really. is obviously it was a brilliant performance by the Bees against a team, Luton, which obviously they, they were a bit shocking at times but still to get seven goals in this division is, you know, it doesn't happen very often. So I think it shows you the quality of Brentford. Um, you know, it obviously it was aided by by the poor quality of Luton, but that's that's the way it goes. We have to go to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, which is going to be a completely different proposition. So we're going to be talking a little bit later on to James from the Wednesday Week podcast. He'll tell us really what you know what's going on at um, Hillsborough at the moment. And also we'll talk about how Brentford can make sure they go there and they don't undo the work from last week. You know, we've seen you know one positive result. Sometimes it's backed up with a one-nil defeat. So we've got to make sure that we don't go there um, and be, you know, Sheffield. Wednesday are a lot cleverer than uh, the Luton, so they they'll be equipped to negate us if 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 that needs to, you know, if that's their desired pol- their desired tactics. So it's going to be quite a short one tonight, but we're going to try and make it fun and upbeat. 
After this twang, we'll talk about the Luton game and we'll also talk about our favourite thrashings since we've been Brentford fans. <laughs> and that's John Terry's mum is not... So, favourite thrashings. Uh, personally, and I've, I've, I've no. <laughs> no, no, I've... I've been around long enough to have seen some great victories by Brentford. I've seen a lot of defeats as well. But uh, in terms of thrashing, what constitutes a thrashing? We're gonna, I think, we're, I think we'll, we'll talk about this as well as we go around. Sometimes an emphatic seven-goal win isn't as, you know, isn't as kind of rewarding as a 4-0. And you know, can, a, can a 3-0 be a thrashing? We'll we, we discuss this as we go around. But personally, I've seen... Quite a few fives, Brentford scoring fives. So I've seen several sixes. Chester, back in the day, Cambridge, Dagenham, it was a 6-6 draw. Um, sevens, I've seen a few of those. Hull, Windsor and Eaton, Plymouth and obviously Luton. I saw one eight. Eights are kind of rarer than hen's teeth. So they, I, the only one I ever saw was uh, back in 1981, George Best came to Griffin Park with San Jose Earthquakes. Um, 3,970 people saw Brentford win 8-2. So um, it was a friendly, of course it was a friendly. But then no nines. I wasn't, thankfully wasn't around um, for that Wrexham, the famous Wrexham win um, back in the 60s. So, yeah, you know, Brentford are capable, but they do it once in a generation normally. And, you know, they're, they're to be savoured and to be remembered. Liberal, of all the thrashings that you've seen Brentford dole out in your time as a B, what's, what's, what's the one that stands out for you? The Easter Rise in 2015. Fulham 1, Brentford 4. Absolutely. You know, that was... That was you, you described it could be thrashing, it could be emphatic. This was the emphatic victory. And because of where it was, who it was... Absolute joy. Jotter in the last minute. You know, nothing will ever get better than that. I mean, I got a bit bored on Saturday, really. You know, I mean, after I was taking photographs of the moon and the floodlights at Griffin Park because it was such a beautiful late afternoon, early evening. Um, You know, Luton was so poor that I switched off. Fulham were not poor that day, but we emphatically beat them, thrashed them. Say what you will about them. One four. So, you know, we, we will talk about a little bit more about that game. It's, it's a, you know, anyone that was lucky enough to be there it will never, ever forget that afternoon. It was the first, first season um, back in the Championship. Um, it was a pressure game. I think, you know, go, us going there, there was a huge away following. And I guess we were quite nervous that it could have gone, it could have gone a bit wrong for us as well, you know. But I remember those two Stuart Dallas goals um, Yotta in the last minute, as you say, and then that amazing Alan Judge free kick that was just world class. No keeper would have would have stopped that. So, you know, is that ever going to be repeated at, at, at Craven Cottage? Do you think? You know, would there anything ever match that? I think it would be hard. To be honest, I think it would be hard to, to, to match because, as you say, it was the first time we played them in a, in a while down at Craven Cottage in a meaningful fixture and it was our time back in the Championship. I, I think it would be hard to do, but, you know, this, this could be the season. Um, sadly, you, we probably won't have that 
as many fans watching us, but the whole day in 2015 was great. I think I think Fulham I think Fulham this year they are easily beatable. We could easily enjoy, but nothing nothing ever beats the first time, does it, Dave? Nothing ever beats the first time. It, it was it was after Warburton Gate, wasn't it? So there was that. It was almost the point where we realised, um, as well as beating Fulham, that actually there was still something to play for in the season. I, it, it's how I remember the game. Um, how the HD video that record, you can see it on YouTube that record the Brentford fans behind the goal with them as the game is me dancing in the aisle, um, which is quite embarrassing. Um, but you know, it was it was that moment, wasn't it? I think it was probably the third goal or something like that. And um, it was a it was a yeah. Uh, as away days go, it was probably remains one of the great away days for sure. I think we're lucky as well to still have loads and loads of footage of that. You know, that was when we were doing the the videos for for every game, um, and we we took a lot of footage at Craven Cottage that that day and throughout the season really. So, you know, I know we don't we don't do them so much anymore. We might start again at some point in the future, but you know, it, it took so much effort and so much time that you know it, it, they were impossible to keep going forever. But um, yeah, I'll, 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 in my in my old age, I'm sure I'll dig that video out. And there was a boat that day, wasn't there? That was the, probably the last time I'd done a boat. Um, there was the boat in the morning to Fulham. Were you on the boat, or did you meet no, us off the I, boat? No, I missed. I I deliberately missed the boat. The boat. I missed, <laughs> missed the boat. Missed <laughs> the boat because I wanted. I've got vote on, voting on my mind, as, as Matt says. Now I, I deliberately missed the boat because I wanted to remember the entire day. And I'm sure if I'd been on the boat, I wouldn't have remembered the fact that we beat Fulham. Four one. Funny, actually, that's probably is a good point. Normally, after a day's um, drinking responsibly, like we we were, that you don't really remember a lot. But I do. I remember that game absolutely vividly. So it's you know that's that's a you know that's one as you say that really does stand out. But that's what happens when you beat Fulham four one at Craven Cottage. The Allard. What, what's what's on your list? And I think it. And I think this says a lot about local rivalry and stuff like that. Because for me, the ultimate thrashing is. Um, uh, and I'm not. Don't mean this disrespectfully, but Sunday, bloody Sunday. That Sunday in 1992. Uh, was it? It was maybe just before Easter when we um, when we beat Fulham four 0 at home. Um, but we smashed them, didn't we? We were four 0 up after thirty minutes or something, and it was emphatic. And it was another one of those games where I didn't, nobody, I, I didn't see it coming. Brentford didn't win games like that four 0 Brentford tripped up against Fulham when they were, you know, trying to. And at that point, it was a real, you know, the chances of promotion. The odds were very, you know, they weren't good odds. To be honest, we had to win six on the spin, and it might have been the first or the second game of those six on the spin. Um, that day will always resonate with me as an absolute. I mean, we thrashed them that day. I think similar to to uh, in the Luton game, we sort of pressed on a bit, and in that Fulham game, we were four 0 up. We had games to come, and we just consolidated, and you know, and and Fulham never got a look in that day. It was that. It's probably still the greatest day, I think. Yeah, it was an incredible day. As you say, it was on a Sunday, um, and we we started to believe, didn't we? We it was a Pat Griffin Park, and we we actually we, the, the team had, had really sort of rolled their sleeves up and started to believe that they were capable of achieving something. Yeah, it shook me to the core because before that, I didn't think we could do stuff like that, and to some extent, I fell back into that until the four-one away game where I started believing. And I think now that I have a slightly different feeling going into these games that we can win these games, um, but 
definitely before that game in 92, there was, we were not going to win that game. We didn't win games like that. For me, uh, I'm going to go for one that... Uh, it was a Friday night. Um, the Royal Oak stand still existed. I drove my moped <laughs> to the parked outside the new inn if I believe and we walked walk around um, the, the stadium and went into the Royal Oak watched the game on, on there uh, it was a warm Friday night and Brentford played Newport County in the area final of the Freight Rover Trophy for a place at the old Wembley Stadium with twin towers and all and it was, I don't think there was any nerves whatsoever that night. We'd, we'd had a good run in that Freight Rover. Uh, you know, I think we played Bournemouth in the semis. I'll be, I remember driving to Reading. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a, a good little, good little cup run. And it seemed like we were destined to win it, but we didn't. <laughs> of course, we, we lost at Wembley um, to, to Wigan Athletic. But on that night... Um, Brentford were great. It was a really good atmosphere in there. And uh, Gary Roberts famously scored four goals. He scored a hat-trick either side of half-time. Uh, I think it was like the fastest hat-trick in terms of how many minutes it was. But obviously there was a 15-minute break in between those two. So I think for a lot of Brentford fans of a certain age, that night will stand out because there was a big crowd in there. And I think it was probably the last big night of of the, of, of the, um, of the Royal Oak. We'd played Liverpool... Uh, a couple of seasons before that and that was a you know huge crowd but yeah but the, the, the stand was ripped down best part well only a year 18 months later after that so that was I think that was kind of a, a moving moment for a lot of people when they when they think back so I'm going to go for the 6-0 against Newport County are you is there anything else are there any others that well, stand out for you I, I think and this is pertinent because of Saturday I think I've got this right when we beat um, uh, Cambridge United 6-0. Um, and um, and if, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Billy Manuel got sent off for fighting with one of his own players. I think he did, yeah. Um, so that I, I remember that one as well as being quite... Uh, you know, you, some of these games are in your memory. Ironically, some of them aren't because, because actually you thrash a team, but it wasn't much of a game and, and you forget about them. But I, I remember that one specifically because of the Billy Manuel moment. And if I've got it right, I think I have. Have we ever seen a thrashing as impressive as last Saturday's though? I mean, it's in the second tier and we are starting to show signs of building a promotion push. Or am I, am I over-egging it? I feel a bit sorry for Luton because we were always going to do that to a team sooner rather than later. The way we've been playing this season, some team was going to get a turning over from us. Now, Luton were not good. I mean, they are definitely the worst team seen at Griffin Park this season. Probably, actually, I think the worst team that I've seen in Griffin Park since for the, for the last couple of seasons. Um, they, you know, their, their central defence, as I said last week, their central defence was slow. They actually did try to play, try play a bit of football they try to press press us got caught on the break uh, they got their tactics totally wrong, wrong wrong against us which is pretty bad for their manager um you know but and as i also said earlier in this conversation i thought actually after we scored about four it was just easy and you know if you wanted to be really hypercritical of Brentford, you say, should, did we take the foot off the gas? Could we have scored? Could we have scored more? But that would have been, you know, that's that's quibbling and that's being a bit bit cruel. So seven nil sometimes is not the most exciting exciting games to watch. 
Well, I don't know. Were they that? I mean, they weren't good, clearly, especially after we were 2 or 3 nil up. Um, they looked like they were going to maybe give us a bit of a game in the first 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, they had the, you know, Ray had to make a save. I think I would imagine the XG for that was higher than Birmingham managed in, in, in the first game of the season, which is always interesting, you know, when you think of, of how comprehensively we won the game on, on Saturday compared to that first game of the season when we lost. And, you know, it, 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 if, if, there, you know if there is such a thing as a Justice League or a Justice game, I guess Saturday was our Justice um, for what happened on the first day of the season, um, it's you know I is it have we I, I in a way I, and I've heard this argument already is it I think it may have said more about Luton than it did about us because I would be very 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 worried if I was a Luton supporter. There's there's certain things I don't get about Colin, about Luton. Um, I'm not really sure why Colin seems to play out wide when he was banging goals in from the middle last season. That seems a bit odd to me. Um, and they look particularly weak at the back, and that's never a good thing when you're um, when you're in the position they're in at the moment. I, th- I think they're going to have a long season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But, you know, they, they seem to be capable of digging digging out wins now and again. So maybe there is some hope there. But you know, they're going to have to be a bit more savvy than they were on on Saturday for sure. We're going to talk a little bit after the twang about uh, the final season. Um, at Griffin Park and the preparations are being made for the last game and well after the last game um, but also we'll be talking about how Brentford don't shoot themselves in the foot like we've won seven we have to now go away to Hillsborough and win how are we going to approach this game Matt because it's so important that we just don't come back from Yorkshire deflated you know there's there's a big positive push going on the players are obviously on song they're confident we need to not go behind and we need to just make sure that this game goes as we want it to yeah I think I think we'll probably discuss it in more detail but it, for me it's it's you have to carry things on does that mean playing the same team uh, uh, um, against Sheffield Wednesday it, that's a difficult one because there's an argument that Makocho comes back in because it's an away game do we look to be a bit stronger in midfield, you know, stuff like that. And and that's all part of the conversation, I think, we'll have about the Sheffield Wednesday game. Look, let's have a twang. Let's have an update on Griffin, leaving Griffin Park and then we'll chat some more. So last night, Tuesday night, a few Brentford fans, it's probably about 20, 25 of us, real cross-section, um, were invited down to Griffin Park to be updated on the club's plans, um, ongoing plans for continuing to celebrate the last season at Griffin Park, um, plans for the last game, um, asking for a few ideas. This is a continuation of the, uh, the, the fans groups that um, people could volunteer to attend uh, over the last 18 months. So, you know, a- a- anyone was invited to put their names forward and this, this latest update was based on people who had attended before. Um, so if you, know, if you feel like you, you, know, you weren't uh, consulted or whatever, the club did send out an invite. It was a, it was a, it was a wide um, open to all. To their credit... They are very, very conscious about doing the right things and they updated us and they asked what they thought, what we thought on, on a few things. So it did raise the question about what are people's hopes and expectations for the last game? Because, you know, you know that so many of us have got 
so many great feelings of of Griffin Park that and it's it's it's, it's almost impossible to please everyone and, and do something that is going to be it's going to feel right to every single person some people want a, a proper knees up some people want more quiet reflection after the game some people will want to see bands and to see the red arrows flying over and all that kind of stuff it, i don't know it, it's it's a really it's a really difficult one so we spent quite a lot of time before and afterwards back in the pub talking about you know what 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 can what can we do you know how how can we make sure that the the game after the, the after the Barnsley match is is kind of just to get, to get the balance just right and there's always a chance as well that we get a playoff game but the club were right in what they said that all their plans are for the Barnsley game if so, if anything else were to happen that would be an added bonus but they have you know it's impossible to leave things to the last minute it could be you know we may not know if we're in the playoffs or not if all goes well until the last you know the last balls kicked against Barnsley so you know they they're right to be pinning all their all their plans on that Barnsley match, Nick. What what do you what's your hopes and your expectations? What what do you think's a fitting tribute? Or- I think it should be a celebration. Um, I hope actually that we see it as a case of moving forward, not looking back. Um, I'm really excited about Lionel Road. I'm really excited about the fact that you know, if I want to uh, take a pee because I'm a gentleman of a certain age, I won't have to queue for 15 minutes to to get into a pretty rundown um, public convenience. Um, I would hope that on the last day there will be a chance for reflection, a chance for those of us who have stood together or sat together on the terraces or in the seats. Have some some people I see at Brentford I never see from any other time. You know that ninety minutes that we watch Brentford together at Griffin Park is the only time I only time I see them once a fortnight, once every ten days. Uh, I'm looking forward to the ability to just just remember the good times, but be positive about the fact that this club has is now enjoying the most successful period that it's probably done for most people's live most people who are alive today in their lifetimes and i think we should be celebrating and saying thank you to griffin park but in a respectful way and then really really ramping up the expectations for what we'll get out of lionel road does that make sense yep i'll ask, i'll come back to you in a second I'll, I'll, I'll speak to um matt and then i'll go through some of the some of the suggestions that have uh, been posted on social media on facebook and on on, on the beside twitter feed today there's been some good ones there as, as Nick said, it's about reflection, but sh- are you looking for more? Are you looking for an event as such after the game? I don't think I am, to be honest. I I joked about there should be like a festival thing and, um, you know, all the bands that are associated to Brentford should play like Quo, obviously, <laughs> um, the Blue Tones, Hard Fi, um, Rick Wakeman. Um, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> tenuous yeah. that one, um, but you know, and um, and I've joked about that. You could even have a comedy tent, couldn't you, with a few of the, of the, of the you know, Nathan Kate and Dominic Holland, um, etc. Um, so I've I've joked about that, but but being honest, uh, I can't really get my head around it. I I think probably just some time, I guess, as much time as people want. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if there was a beer tent and people could buy beer and walk out onto the pitch. But I don't know if that's going to be feasible in the pitch. They want to play on the pitch, don't they? After 
the last game. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just think a bit of time really to sort of collect your thoughts and do, and do your own thing. Um, I, yeah, I, will I stay there late? I maybe. I, I not not to be kicked out quickly. That's for certain. You know, just people to be able to do to do their own thing in their own time. I think is quite important. I mean, I know this is going to sound like sacrilege to some people, but while I like Griffin Park, and while no, I'll, I'll put it stronger. While I love Griffin Park, particularly under lights, I'm not absolutely wedded to it. I mean, I'm really glad that Brentford are remaining in Brentford. I'm really glad that we are remaining, and it looks to me that we're remaining the sense of the community club that we are, and all that that involves. Are you trying to but, fucking wind me up? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not winding up. But you know. Griffin Park, it's, it's got a lot of memories for us all, but it is outdated. It can't hold us any... It can't it take, no, us, it can't take us into the 21st century. I really no, no, thinking... No, one, no, one's, no think, one's saying it is. That's why we've got a new stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why we've got a new stadium. So I think we, we wave Griffin Park a fond farewell and we move on. But let's not, you know, it's not... We're not going to throw roses onto the pitch or, you know, or, or hold a sort of turn up with black, um, wearing oh, black, ba- black armbands well, because, I, you I, know, we move the on. Prob- the problem is, though, is that it, things will never be the same again um, and people will ultimately judge whether it's better or not. That, that's the way people are. Well, you know, and I, th- I think I, I couldn't disagree with you any more. That makes a change. Um, I, I think for a lot of people, uh, it's going to be like almost like a bereavement. I think a lot of people have grown up there. They've, you know, Brentford is in in many many people's eyes, arguably the most important thing in their life, apart from their families and their their real loved ones. A lot of people, Brentford is the be all and end all to them. And I, I don't think you know um, bereavement is too strong a word for, for, for that. And I think pe- that's, that's why I'm a bit kind of like i can't get my head around the like the music and the like the celebration i think it's kind of it's more of a kind of like it's almost like it's a bit like a funeral again i don't think that's too too dramatic either i think you know what kind it's like a wake do do you you want to you want to kind of celebrate the good times and kind of you know just just think but i don't think there'd be you know music and partying we're not celebrating leaving we're sort of celebrating the memory once, um, once the the game's finished, can they can they sell beer that you can take onto the terrace? Is that going to be possible? That would seem like a nice thing to do, even if it might not be the greatest selection of beer. No, but no, but that would be that would be that would spoil it for me. I mean, you well, know, because no, but it's not about you. You know, it's about you know, it's about doing it's it's about doing what's right for for everyone if possible. And I think yeah, I may, maybe it's kind of you're right, not being rushed out. Um, and I think being able to go to the forecourt and have, have a drink, not being rushed out of the ground. If you want to go back in with yeah. your beer and just sit sit for a bit and think for a bit, or do both, you know, go kind of keep sneaking off and go, or just go down the pub. You know, I don't, I, I think it needs to be fairly fluid and fairly casual, if, I, if I'm being honest with you. You know, personally, yeah. I'm not sure, I'm just not sure you know, a gig you know. will work. Don't get me wrong, I understand. I understand that people have a, a real emotional attachment to Griffin Park, and that's fine. 
But I hope that people will actually see that by losing Griffin Park, we are gaining something really immense that can drive us really forward as a football club. So so I think, think, you know, I think it would be absolutely appropriate. And Dave, I'll be the first person to give you a hug when the whistle blows on the 90th minute um, at at that game against Barnsley. Um, But but, uh, hopefully that comment won't have been heard on on this podcast. But but at the same time, we've got to we've got to re- reflect is that if we stayed in Griffin Park, we won't be the club that we are. And I really, really, I really, I really, no one, no one say no. Sorry, just just let me finish. Absolutely, let's have an Irish wake, and the Irish have a good good way of celebrating death. Is that they 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 allow the the, the person to be buried, and then they say what it what we'll do is let's look forward, let's have a really good party, let's see the person off, let's have a really good party, let's see Griffin Park off, and let's look forward to the future. Yeah. No, but no, no one's no one's denying the reasons we're we're not going back over the reasons why we're leaving. We know the reasons we're leaving. It's just like the the, the question is what is suitable for after the final game I think that's it's, it's, it's as simple as that it's like we are going we are going to a brand new stadium we know the reasons for all of that it's literally what is right and it, will we feel like partying that's, that, that is you know I'm, I'm confused yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like you Dave there's another bit of me that I'm just thinking now is can they open the gates and just leave them open for a period of time maybe till dark or something and then you could go and have a beer and then maybe just come back in your own time and do what Ever you feel you need to do it? I think there's probably there's probably football. There's people could be there might be people listening to this that aren't football fans, but if there were, they'd be thinking, "What are you lot on about?" But there is something that you're attached to. It's about you know for the for thirty, forty, fifty years. Once you're inside the ground, and maybe before you got in the ground, maybe you've always been at the same pub. Even is that you've followed this same route and you've gone in the ground and you've followed the route and you've turned right after the turnstiles and you've always gone up the same stairs and you've always the ground's always opened up in the same way for you as you've walked up the stairs and out into the ground and you're never going to see that view again and just to a lot of people maybe that includes me I'm not sure I think it may do as I've just described it that's going to be a big thing and there was a you know when I was talking after the after the meeting last night it was I did suggest that perhaps after that after that sort of um, it's only an idea this you know talking out loud really he's thinking out loud rather is that could we walk a procession to the new to the new stadium or is that just too much is that just too much to uh, yes okay it's too much you know you, next you'll be expecting a jazz band to be playing in front you know Do they still- <laughs> oh, oh, oh jazz like band! Yeah, oh, we like oh everyone likes a, everyone likes a jazz yeah, band. Yeah, I like the sound of that. So anyway, let's go let's go to some social media because there's some really good uh, suggestions here. Um, Luis Adriano is my favourite, but don't think this will be allowed. But I like the idea of a big fuck off match between the fans using the actual goal goalposts rather than jumpers. You're probably looking at 5,000 to side if this is done immediately. So how about a few beers first, then a few hundred coming back? Um, someone said that's the best idea ever. Would that, would that be a bit... So all rules are out, a bit like, is it... What's it? The Shrove Tide or whatever it's called. Yeah. You know, the game where you're in the river and stuff like that. I'm not saying we'd leave the stadium, but we could sort of... There could be a battle along New Road. And... Thousand, thousand people on either side grappling to see <laughs> where the ball is. Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. yeah. PJ Sutton at Sutby, he, he suggests that it's a time of quiet reflection. Um, 
he wants to be able to walk on the pitch and look around at the ground that three generations of his family have walked through. Um, Adam Woodruff, um, he wants the opportunity to get his seat where his season ticket is. Again, you know, I, th- I think that I'm not sure how possible that's going to be. I think I, I, I'm not. I don't think the club are going to be able to sell the seats because um, there's there's a, some sort of health and safety restriction on that plastic. I, it's. I think. I know. No, well, you know, Arsenal weren't allowed to do it when they when they left Highbury for exactly the same reasons. And I, I think there's going to be quite a lot of disappointed people that you know that assume that's going to be the case, and it's not. With all due respect to this gentleman as well, but. It, and I presume it is a gentleman, but why would you want to sit on the seat that well, you've well, had? At the, the, they're the most uncomfortable seat in a football that I've experienced but it's, but it's, ever it's, it's, in, it's anywhere. Not, no, Nick, Nick. Have you ever been to a game of football? Yeah. It's just... It's, but no, of course a lot of people I, want their seats. Yeah. It's... It, um, anyway, so... Oh. Um, Jobber said he doesn't want he doesn't want a pitch invasion. Um, he wants band to play in the centre circle and a sing along. Um, it could last until midnight. So and free free London Pride. Uh, Dan, that is yeah. a good idea. That was a really good idea. Lee the Bee. Um, he suggested a Union Berlin style remembrance. Flags and scarves being held above the heads and pictures of, of fans that are no longer with us. Um, that looks really stylish, if I'm honest with you. That that's um, I'll, we'll post that again. It's on the Twitter feed. It's almost like a cop. Liverpool cop uh, bank of uh, scarves being held above the heads, but with big pictures of, of fans that have obviously passed uh, as well. That, that's, that's quite classy. Um, Maka Gabs suggests that there's, the red arrows are absolutely essential with red and white stripes coming out the back. That would be, that would be pretty special, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, Pitch invasions and grass being cut up. Again, you know, this is something that a lot of people will want. The seats they'll want, the bits of grass they'll want, they will want a memento. The club are going to be looking at auctioning bits and bobs. That's going to be announced quite soon. But, Matt, are you concerned that there could be, like, there could be, like, incidents that they're going to be... The police or stewards might be called in to uh, stop. Yeah, I, I, it just needs a bit of management, doesn't it? And I, and I suppose a bit of respect amongst supporters for each other. I mean, I think that's what's important is that everybody uh, maybe has a different way that they want to experience their last time at Brentford, and we all sort of, you know, respect that in in a way. And um, and I guess you you know whatever actions you take or whatever you do is that it's not. Um, at the expense of somebody else's opportunity to say goodbye to Griffin Park. That's my kind of feeling. Yeah, no, it's, it's spot on, really. I, you know, I, I think any any thought of coming along and, you know, prizing bits of stuff off the wall and ripping seats out and, and bringing a pitchfork in and cutting out the penalty spot and stuff like that, I just think that's, that isn't going to happen. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just don't think it would be right to do that anyway. Without being a killjoy, I just think it's going to end in tears and it's going to end in arrests probably. And I just don't think we could be... We should be scrapping amongst ourselves on, on that, on you know, what should be a kind of a time for remembering rather than thieving, to be honest. We should just be hugging one another. 
Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Have a big bees loving. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the best idea here is free London pride for everyone, and just and, what, and, and, and a mass game of football, and a, and a big mass game of football. Yeah, we'll 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 drink to that. With Cheers. Hug, hug afterwards. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. After this twang, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Sheffield Wednesday. To find out everything that's happening at Hillsborough, we've spoken to James from the Wednesday Week podcast. Hey there, it's James here. Uh, James Marriott, I'm from the Singing the Blues uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, for my sins, I've followed Sheffield Wednesday since I was, uh, let me think, what, ten, nine, ten years old? Can't remember. My first game, we, we got relegated um, and I kind of strangely fell in love with... Uh, Wednesday since then had a, a couple of very good seasons where we, we won some stuff and got in Europe um, and then we've been pretty terrible pretty much ever since to be honest um, and uh, yeah still follow Wednesday home and away. This season then has been well a real mixed one to be honest. I, I don't think yet that this season has started to take any shape if that makes sense. So I don't I don't think we know yet quite what this season is is going to be for Sheffield Wednesday so we we in the summer we had quite a lot of hope. Steve Bruce uh, had come in at the back end of last season, done a really solid job in uh, in the games that that he managed as last season from from a, a fairly kind of pretty disastrous season to be honest for the majority of it. We were actually in with a shout of the playoffs with even a couple of games left to go, which was unexpected. So um, uh, yeah, everything was looking quite rosy to Steve Bruce, and then um, obviously as you'll probably know, he upsticks and goes to Newcastle, and that kind of leaves us in a bit of turmoil. Lee Bullen takes over as caretaker manager. Does all right for a few games and then things turn sour. In comes Gary Monk and things followed a similar sort of pattern. Actually, Gary Monk started quite quite solidly and then things seemed to kind of peter off a little bit. And then we, we had a little bit of period where we just couldn't win and then um, got a win on Saturday down at, at Charlton. So it's been up and down. Um, I think, to be fair, this season is probably going to be defined by what goes on off the pitch because we've been in trouble really in terms of FFP for the last two or three seasons now. We've had a couple of soft embargoes. We were one of the clubs that sold our stadium. The owner sold the stadium kind of to himself during the summer to balance the books and the FL not very happy about some of the uh, the terms and some of the ways that happened. So we've been charged with misconduct. The owner himself this week, uh, there were suggestions that he could be charged with misconduct, possibly banned from football. And uh, the club have come out fighting with a quietly strong-worded um, statement about the way that the EFL have handled things. So all in all, it, it's really messy. It's not really what I want to be talking about in terms of what's going to define the season because I'd rather it be about the players that we've got and the football that we play. But it's not. It's going to be off-the-season stuff that, that defines things. We could be looking at um, a points deduction. It might even be a fairly hefty points deduction. It, it might come to nothing. We just don't know. So I think we feel a little bit in limbo at the moment. In terms of key wins for us, a um, couple of really good away wins. Uh, in fact, Reading on the first day of the season was great. Uh, we won 4-1 at Middlesbrough a few weeks back. That was a really good win. And then Saturday just gone actually winning three one at Charlton when we really needed some points in the in the bag we were we were just starting to ever so slowly kind of drop down the table and um, to get three points when we really needed them was was great. In terms of hopes for the season, I mean I think fingers crossed that the EFL charge 
doesn't come to anything and maybe that just ends up being a fine or something that doesn't affect us in terms of on the pitch stuff um, and we can continue having a bit of a shot at the playoffs this season I think as it stands now we're probably in with a shout of the top six we can maybe bring in a couple of players in January um, and, and that will mean that maybe this season could go somewhere as I say, it does feel like we're in limbo. We just don't really know what this season's going to be, so we'll have to see. Um, we did bring in some pretty decent players, actually, in the in the, in the summer. Considering we were in a soft embargo for the majority of it, actually, we did all right. So, Kadeem Harris came in on a free from uh, Cardiff. Um, he's been a, a really good um, signing for us and actually been one of the more consistent players, really caused defences some issues. Uh, we brought in uh, Julian Berner, uh, who came over from the second division in, in the German uh, game, and um, he's a central defender and has actually done really really well in fact Norwich wanted to sign him last season didn't happen for them and we got him on a free actually this summer and he's been he's been really good uh, we also brought in uh, Massimo Luonga from uh, QPR he's not played much but when he has played he's looked really good and I think he's going to be a real key player for us as the season um, goes on uh, someone that you'll be more than aware of will be Moses Odebagio who we brought in as well earlier in the season I've got to be honest I have yet to be convinced that um, he's even a footballer to be honest because he's had some really bad games for us uh, he's given away a few goals uh, there's uh, there's the, the odd moment where he's looked alright I think I consider him to be probably more of an athlete than a footballer um, I think he can get around the pitch pretty well uh, but um, as yet I think he's he's struggled a little bit to adapt to um, to being in the Wednesday team a couple of long um, serving players who've been uh, really key this season Stephen Fletcher who's obviously been around pretty much forever Barry Bannon as well um, who turned 30 I think just last week or maybe even this week actually um, and they've both been uh, real key players so far this season it is generally a bit of an Asian squad I think we're the only team left in the probably in the country who've not played a single minute by a player under the age of 23 this season not a single not a single second has been played by a player under the age of 23 um, and there aren't many teams there's certainly no one else in the championship and I can't imagine there's anyone else in the country that, that falls into that um, category so it is an ageing um, squad it's actually the nucleus of a squad that's been around for a while and um, people probably have memories of the, the team that got us to the playoff final a few seasons ago we were in the playoff semi-final the, the season after there's not a huge amount that's sort of changed since then we've got a few players that are still around from 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 that squad that probably are probably past their best maybe should have moved on already by now and it does feel like we've got a squad that's got a bit of dead wood in it and actually we needed a little bit of squad churn and things needed a bit of shaking up and um, yeah I'm not I'm not really sure whether or not this is a squad that's going to be good enough to win promotion um, it's certainly a, a squad that you wouldn't expect to be at the bottom end of the table but I think it is a bit of a mid-table squad and I think Gary Monk will be looking towards probably January and certainly next summer in terms of really shaking things up bringing in some new faces and um, you know hopefully um, you know a bit of squad churn some new players that that can really give us a bit of new impetus as we move forward I'm looking forward to Saturday um, I've always got on really well with uh, with Brentford as a, as a club I've got a lot of time for you uh, I've got a lot of friends that are Brentford fans I always enjoy coming down and, and seeing you guys it's always brilliant when, when you come to town we always have a good laugh so I'm really looking forward to um, to, to Saturday really pleased it's a Saturday game I think I'd rather it not be uh, in December it is a little bit cold up in Sheffield at the moment but um, you know we'll, um, we'll enjoy some of the uh, 
the Belgian Blue, the Christmas beer that is, uh, I think, relatively exclusive to uh, Sheffield, which I think some of you guys really enjoy when you come down. In terms of the match itself, I mean, interesting weekend just gone, actually, because we both played teams who were promoted last season. Um, you well and truly obviously stuffed Luton. I think I'd consider us going to Charlton and winning 3-1 um, to actually be kind of almost as good a result because of the form that we've been in and actually just how much that we needed to to win. And the fact that, you know, with, with 10 minutes to go, it was still one all. We've had a, a really shocking record of late in terms of conceding late goals in, in games and throwing away uh, winning and um, throwing away points. So for us to kind of turn the tables and come away with pretty convincing 3-1 victory is really good for us so it's kind of set up to actually be a pretty good game I know that you know Brentford always play pretty good football I think Wednesday um, sometimes do we've had some games this season where it's been a little bit dull and, and we've looked a little bit kind of route one. On Saturday it was a bit different. We played a bit more attacking football. We played it down the wings a lot more. So I guess we'll see. I mean, in theory, it should be a pretty open game. I'm certainly expecting goals, which means it'll probably be um, nil-nil. I'm going to go for a prediction. I'm going to say 2-1 Wednesday. Uh, and yeah, up the house and see you guys on Saturday. Saturday week sees Brentford take on Fulham at Griffin Park and Besotted have got two tickets to give away to a lucky winner. Here's how you can get your mitts on them. Fancy a pair of tickets to the Fulham game. We've got tickets to give away. It's really simple. All you need to do is either go to Twitter, follow us on Twitter and reply to the tweet about the Fulham tickets and tell us your favourite Fulham game. We'll go to Facebook and reply to the Facebook post about the Fulham tickets and tell us your favourite Fulham game, what happened there again, or you can also go to the website, besotted.com, with a little article there again and just write a little comment on there, your favourite game. Make sure you follow us so that we can actually get back to you. We will need your name and address and then we'll actually let you know exactly who has won these tickets in a couple of days' time. So Saturday, Brentford are off on their travels. We go up to Hillsborough, which hasn't really been a great hunting ground for us uh, in recent seasons. We won back in February 2017 with goals from John Egan and Harley Dean. And Forestieri scored for the Owls in the last minute. Um, the last couple of times, well, last February we lost 2-0. In September 2017, we, we lost 2-1. So, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's, not a, it's not a happy place for us to go. But we need to get up there and to, uh, to do the business, really. There's no excuse. This, this isn't a team that's going to be uh, um, bothered by, by you know, whether it's a lucky ground for us or not. The Allard, how are we going to make sure that we don't go from magnificent victors to weak losers on Saturday um, I guess we've got a couple of options uh, I do, do we approach it in the same way we approached uh, the Luton game um, do we pick the same team as the Luton game do, do, do we say that you know um, you know that team won 7-0 or the starting 11 won 7-0 and therefore they deserve to start again or do we do what we often do at away games do we try and consolidate it a little bit more and not give not give a goal away. Uh, not that we gave a goal away against Luton, but I I, I think when we approach the game, there's two possible changes. Um, I think we've got Jean Vier or Pinnock. Jean Vier is um, he's back available for selection, and could he come in instead of Pinnock? And then you've also got this Makocho coming to the midfield for you know Jensen would probably be the obvious choice. Uh, De Silva less of a choice. 
I don't think injuries permitted, I can't really see any other changes than that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're the conundrums that Thomas Frank will probably be thinking about and whether we, whether we change anything. Before I come over to you, Nick, I just want to ask the question. Do you, do you think that he's going to be a bit wary after going to Blackburn and making a couple of changes and it didn't work out and 7-0 victors last weekend? It's a little bit kind of harsh to kind of drop anyone after that performance, surely? Yeah, I, my gut feeling is that Pinnock plays for two reasons over Jean Vier. Number one, because we won 7-0 and we didn't let any goals in. And number two, because... It depends what team Sheffield Wednesday pick, but potentially they could go with Fletcher and um, what's his name? Is it Nu? Nu? You know the big guy that plays for Wednesday. And if he and if he goes with that, then or Sheffield Wednesday go with that, then I think it makes a lot more sense to pick Pinnock because for everything we've seen of the two, what I'm clear about Pinnock is that he's strong in the air. He's the tallest of the centre backs, and defensively in the air against those two I think he's a better matchup. so I'm expecting Pinnock to play I am also expecting Makocho to play if I'm honest I think that Thomas Frank will try to some extent to consolidate on Saturday and, um, and maybe not losing will be the priority rather than going out and winning Jeff Wednesday a different kettle of fish to Luton they, you know, they're running reasonably high in the league. They're in reasonably good form, and you know, when you sort of look at their midfield, I mean, they could potentially play a midfield that is uh, Kadeem Harris. Obviously, we do know um, Bannon, Luongo, and Forestieri. That could be their four-man sort of across the four in midfield. That's a pretty strong attacking midfield. That's way better than anything Luton were throwing at us. So I think Makocho could well come in on Saturday. Nick, we have to go and not lose, I think, you know, not for any other reason apart from, you know, we, if we are going to go and win 7-0 and start to believe that we're, gonna, we're breathing down the neck of a playoff position, we, we have to go to places like Sheffield Wednesday and come away with at least a point. Um, are you confident? I'm going to amaze regular listeners here by actually trotting out a stat Sheffield Wednesday have beaten teams that have been 17th or lower in the league when they played them. So therefore, you know, that actually puts us in with a good, with a, with a good chance. I disagree with Matt. Why change a winning team? Team had a really good successful run out against Luton last week. Don't mess around with a team formation. If you're on a run, keep going with them. You know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't be sad if Jean Vier or Makocho came in. Both are great players, but, you know, Pinnock absolutely deserves to remain in our defence. There's no example about that. Sheffield Wednesday as a team themselves are actually strong in defence. They're not that strong. They haven't been scoring that many goals. They've been not letting in that, that many goals, but they've not been scoring many goals themselves. If we've got our BMW purring along the M1, you know, Ben Rama, Ben Rama, Bueno, and, and Watkins. There's no reason why we can't actually turn over Sheffield Wednesday. And the one thing I would say is congratulations to Wednesday. Is this time they're charging a really decent ticket price. It's not over thirty pound. Matt, what's the difference between? Jean Vier and Pinnock, in your view, what which what what does, does Pinnock offers is something different. Yeah, Pinnock. 
Pinnock's stronger in the air from what I've seen. Uh, on a one-to-one on the ground, I, I maybe would take Jean Vier. Pinnock's distribution was pretty good, though, at the weekends. And I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't think we're weaker for Pinnock playing instead of Jean Vier. I just think the two of them have slightly different strengths. So, and, and as you say, you know, we're we're, compa- we're not, you know comparing Luton to Sheffield Wednesday is, is not exactly a you know a comparable. But so for me, uh, last weekend, Pinnock seemed to be very ha- happy to bring the ball out, and he he was rangy, and he and he looked like he had um, a view to to take the ball yeah, forward. Yeah, he he pinged a few balls with his left foot, uh, sort of almost Barbe esque, but I would say not as accurately as as Barbe, so he's not afraid to come forwards with the ball. He, I don't know if he looks overly natural on the ball, and sometimes what happens with players is that, is that they don't look as comfortable, but it doesn't mean they're not as effective. So I sort of look at them and I think, mm, I don't know, but actually maybe he is just as effective. I just sort of, sometimes it's really difficult when you're six and a half foot tall to look like, or whatever he is, he's probably even taller than that. It's not always that easy to look like a natural ball player. I mean, you don't see that many big, tall guys that do look like natural footballers. It doesn't mean you're not effective, though. And um, and sometimes you sort of, you know, I, I watch players and I just feel that, you know, they don't look as comfortable. But it doesn't mean they're not. It's just just, just the view you get. So I, I, I really don't care who plays out of Pinnock and John Vier moving forwards. I just suspect that with Sheffield Wednesday potentially having a couple of them and one very tall centre-forwards and I, I don't see any reason at all why you would bring... I can't really see an argument that I could make to bring Jean Vier in for Pinnock. But, Matt, why would we therefore bring Mococcio in for Jensen? Jensen has really come on. The last couple of games for Brentford, you can see him developing into the class midfielder he is. What is it that Mococcio would offer over so Jensen in I, this game? Right, OK, so for me... I'm not saying I would bring Makocho in. I'm just saying that my gut feeling is we will bring Makocho in. Um, I just think Makocho gives you a little bit more strength in midfield than Jensen. I'm not I, defensively. I don't see anything in Jensen yet that convinces me he's you know he's he, he's going to win the ball for us when we haven't got the ball. I just I kind of feel against Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday may have a bit more of the ball than well they're going to have more of the ball than Luton did. And trying to win the ball back, I just feel that Makocho is better suited than Jensen. I also agree that going forwards, I don't think you're going to particularly see... You know, Makocho is maybe not going to score the same sort of goal that Jensen did on Saturday. So, again, it swings and roundabouts, you know. It's, it's, it's what do you want from your midfield on Saturday? Are we going out there to guarantee a point? Or are we going out there to try and take the game to Sheffield Wednesday? I, I think we'll be slightly... Uh, defensive and therefore I'd be surprised if Makocho didn't play but I, I'm happy to be proven wrong You see this is where I think that, the, 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 it's the one disagreement I would have with you is I think we should be offensive all the time and that's why I would start Jensen over, over Makocho because actually what we've proved, Blackburn proved it we, we, we tried to play a slightly defensive formation, we tried to grind out a result in Blackburn and it didn't work for us. Yeah, I think if we go well, against Blackburn, we had other concerns. We had some, there were some injuries, and we needed to rest some players' concerns. So I think we can go into Saturday with a full complement and pick 
more or less from everybody that's fit. We're not going to rest somebody, I don't believe, on Saturday. Although we are playing Cardiff on Wednesday. So actually, yeah, there could still be a little bit of tinker in there. I just think that the, the, that at the away games, we just need to be as, as bold and adventurous at, at away as we are at Griffin Park. And therefore, just stick, stick with the team that we started with on Saturday. If it becomes apparent that we need to battle out a result, yeah, yes, you might need to, might need to change the formation. But I, I worry is that we're being sort of mixing and matching too much for, for the game, the conditions, the team that we're playing. Let's stick with the team that we know can win, we know that is aggressive going forward and we know that can score goals. And then, you know, who knows, we could well be up in sixth, fifth or sixth place this weekend. And, and if we were playing Luton again, I'd agree with you, but we're not. Well, we'll see what's going to happen, obviously, up at uh, Hillsborough. It's going to be a fascinating afternoon, I'm sure. Um, seeing that the team selection is going to be uh, an interesting one. I, I, my, my gut feeling is he won't make any changes, but we shall see. Um, and obviously, by, by five o'clock, we'll have learned a little bit more about our Brentford, I think. Um, if, we, if we can come away from Hillsborough with a point, at the very least, then great. We've got two home games next week. We've got Cardiff, as, as the boys have just said, on the Wednesday and in Fulham on the Saturday. Um, the games do come thick and fast. If we were to uh, pick up maximum points... It will be just incredible. We probably will be in the playoffs by by the time we get to Wednesday. Then the pressure starts to mount. Can we be consistent? Can we keep it up? My my hunch says, why not? Why the bloody hell not? So let's go around the table and work out predictions, please. I'm going to go to the Liberal first. 2-1 Brentford. The Allard. 1-0. And myself, I'm going to go one all as well. I, we haven't had a we haven't had a we haven't had a draw in our travels yet, have we? Is that right? We've either won or lost, haven't we? Yeah. So so yeah, I think we a, a draw is going to come our way eventually. Uh, so that's it, really. I mean, apart from to say, join us uh, up at Hillsborough on Saturday if you can. Um, Billy will be doing the post-match podcast. We've got the radio show again next Monday night. And then we have got two games next week, as I have said. Very exciting. Very busy. Very positive, I hope. Come on, on The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.